0: It's time now for Pickin' and Puttin', with Clay Smith's quantitative anthology of stories behind the songs we know and love to hear and just how they evolve. Plus, a stroke of genius from Dr. Rick Zollinger, a golf nut who will present qualitative narratives from the pages of his own case studies in golf. It's Pickin' and Puttin' everybody. Clay Smith here, picking and putting. The episodes keep coming at you. And <laughs> my great co-host, Dr. Rick Zollinger. Hey, Dr. Oh, yeah, Rick. yeah,
1: baby. We're here. <laughs> we're,
0: we're ready to do some picking and some putting. Yeah, baby. And you got a familiar hat on. That looks yeah, like a I, I decided hat. I
1: hat. I decided we were going to do a little bit of Chicago today. So I've Chicago, got Chicago,
0: my... Chicago.
1: Yeah, baby. So I got my Cubs. My kind
0: of town, <laughs> Chicago is. <laughs> hey, don't quit your day job, you know, man. Hey, hush your mouth. Hush your mouth. Hey, hey yeah, no kidding. Chicago, <laughs> great city, uh, birthplace of many wonderful artists. And uh, guess what? I'm going to take you from Chicago to the Hollywood Hills okay i'm ready okay, turn the clock back 1970 robert lamb Did that ring a bell oh, yes. robert lamb singer keyboard par excellence uh chicago, chicago. <laughs> yeah. they were actually they were living in uh hollywood at the time and uh robert lamb was living it, it was really he was uh he was cohabitating with <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of hippies <laughs> okay. That's and uh, 1970 and uh gosh i mean their their story is long and sometimes difficult in terms of what all they got involved in but we're not going to go there we're going to keep this pg <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna stay clean that said <laughs> uh, they were sometimes up in the wee hours of the morning yeah yeah <laughs> and uh, so the story goes, Robert Lamb says, look, you know, I wrote a song in, in this house in the Hollywood Hills and, uh, you know, it was getting late and it was getting late or it was getting early. I don't remember which. And <laughs> so anyway, he, start, he starts thinking, you know, waiting for the break of day, you know, searching for something to say um dancing lights across the sky i mean all of this was coming to him and what he's doing is just he's describing where he is his present state where he is and uh so those lyrics started coming about and uh you know searching for something to do blah 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 uh so anyway he, he starts writing those lyrics down that I just said, and uh, then he looks up, and there's an old antique clock on the wall. And because, you know, it was an antique clock, it was hard to distinguish, but he said, you know, it was 25 or 6 to 4 in the morning. <laughs> and he said... I couldn't think of a lyric at the time, so I just used it. <laughs> How awesome is that? Oh my God! And I, and then and go
1: go. Oh no! I was going to say I just loved that. They were one of my favorite groups because
0: of the instrumentals. Oh my! Well, Terry Kath was the guitar player at the time, and. uh you know, he had all kinds of influences, but, you know, the guy that made the Wawa famous was Jimi Hendrix, and that was one of his idols. And yeah. so on that, you know,
1: yeah.
0: and then he breaks into that great solo, which I don't know what he was on, but man, that was some kind of magical guitar break. But he used that wah-wah pedal. And, well, they,
1: and they, but they also brought in horns.
0: I mean, oh, you know. t- Robert Lamb said the song was nothing until I took it to the rehearsal the next day. And the three, three of the original guys were horn players and, uh, they, they started doing their arrangements and then it came to life. And, uh, Peter Cetera was the, uh, lead singer. and Interestingly enough, it, this is this is kind of cute, not cute, but what what this is interesting. Behind, this is the behind-the-scenes story. All of them went to uh, only here. Yeah, in the hey, baby. <laughs> this is the scoop. In the coming in in the days following Robert Lamb putting the lyrics down and then taking it into the rehearsals and they're working through it. They went to Dodger Stadium to a baseball game to see. And you got the hat on. They're beloved Chicago Cubs. Okay. So, here they are. You know what they look like in 1970. I mean, long hair, mustaches, kind of like a guy I know. (laughs) Beards. Yeah. (laughs) The whole nine yards. Okay. So, what happens? The Cubs win the game. And uh, some rowdy Dodger fans got into an argument with the members of the band. Right after the game was over, and uh one guy in particular smacked Peter Satara right in the jaw and broke his jaw really they had to yeah, they had to take him immediately to the hospital, and they wired his jaw together wow. okay and during his rehab, their uh, the Chicago's producer uh said, "Look guys, we're going to cut this song. I mean, this song is like." Us okay and Peter, I don't care if you got locked jaw or not, man, you're gonna sing it.
1: <laughs> Dig that. And if you listen to it, you know you can hear that.
0: Kind of ventriloquist. For the rake of Day. You sing it with your jaws kind of closed. Yeah. He kind of developed a singing style through that. The rest is history, hit record, whole nine yards, man.
1: You know, that makes you want to go back and see a video. Yeah, you know, like exactly. a, if you could find one, it would be isn't interesting, isn't it? Well, so oh, where? Are yeah. they? YouTube's got them. Where we're on Chicago?
0: YouTube. they've got them.
1: There you go. Well, where did yeah. Chico- were they all based in Chicago? That's where they drew the name from?
0: Yeah. OK. They started as Chicago Transit Authority. That's right. CTA: and Chicago Transit Authority said you can't use our name. So, so they, they had to said, change it. Sure. It. We're Chicago. And then they I've start got, Chicago one two three four. Oh, know? I have those. I
1: have the vinyls up in the attic. I've got Led Zeppelin, Chicago, all those vinyls. But yeah, I remember the original CTA vinyls. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? Well, I was Are gonna I was gonna bring you up with a little uh, a little of the golf history. Yes. Chicago, 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 and golf. Wow. Chicago, short of Long Island and the and the great old courses that came across in Newfoundland or whatever. Chicago is probably the birthplace and heartbeat of American golf, wow. and it started in the late eighteen nineties. The first USAM was held in Chicago in ninety seven, I think eighteen ninety seven. The Western Golf Association was founded there. Oh wow! Uh, Evans Scholars were founded yeah. there.
0: That's and the most prolific caddy program
1: ever born. And it was fabulous. the The West. It was sad to see. Now they still have the playoffs in Chicago. Yeah, but it was sad to see the Western Open go away in its previous story. But yeah, eleven thousand caddies have gotten a full ride to everything—food, room and board, everything—from the Western Golf Association. That's
0: amazing. The other one that was the the this is what was the the original? Was it Chicago Golf Club? Was that like one of the first? Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Old
1: of and the, of course the you know the thing we were going to talk about too is Medina and the Ryder Cup.
0: Oh man, that's some of the best Ryder Cup days on earth.
1: Well, that one, if you remember, the key to that one was it was kind of the European come up, come back to take what the Americans did in '99 yeah. with those awful yeah. Ben Crenshaw oh, yeah. shirts. Not good. Well, in, <laughs> in in two uh, in 12, 2012, Alathea Ball was the captain, beat Davis Love. And they came back on Sunday and upset the Americans who had a huge wow. lead. And, wow. they it, and they did it in honor of Seve, if you remember at the time. Oh my was, yes. Because wow. everybody – and they had the little Seve, uh, uh, you know, kind of diagram on their bags, I think. That's right. Something. I remember. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But that was cool. But then they, the, other, the other one I wanted to bring up was there's a famous golf course on the south side of Chicago called Cog Hill. Oh, okay. Okay. And it had it was originally On the south
0: side of Chicago.
1: Singing, <laughs> and they had they had a couple courses there, but they called one the famous name was Dub's Dread. Now there's one Whoa. there's one in Kansas now, but Dub's Dread of Chicago. And in the late twenties there were three brothers named Coghill. Really? <laughs> yeah, and they were electricians. No they decided they went to a meeting of the United Electricians of America and said, Hey, we like golf. Let's buy a golf course or build one. Sure. So they went down to the south side, bought a bunch of land, and built a golf course that opened in 27. And then they opened up a second one on that property in 29. Oh
0: my and God. This,
1: as the story goes, there wow. was a guy who became famous in Chicago golf lore and golf lore named Joe Jemsick okay and he worked everything he started there as a caddy went up through the oh, did every job there and played one time with the brothers in the yeah. i guess this was in the 40s and he somewhere maybe it was 30s and he told them i'm gonna buy this golf course someday and they You're laughed at, they laughed at yeah it. of course they had more money than god i yeah, don't
0: know sure, buddy. yeah <laughs>
1: so, so he went off and left and bought a course called uh, St. Andrew's Golf Club. It's on the west side somewhere. I've never been there. He got it for $40,000 in 1941. Amazing. So he came back about uh, 10 years later, 1951. There was two brothers had died. And there was only one brother left, and he says, I'll sell it to you. Really? So he bought oh both God. of those Cog Hill courses for 400,000 in 1951. And then oh it's gosh. it's a it's a golf mecca for it's one of those courses that Golf Digest would say the 100 courses that you and I can play. Awesome. And it and it's and awesome. it's yeah, it's very awesome. It's oh my it's gosh. uh it's very hard. And oh, another cool thing he did. The World's Fair oh. in 1934 <laughs> They had a sky ride, and he hit the longest drive, like 501 yards off of no way. I can't imagine what into into Lake Michigan. And think about it—he was using equipment like this. And this is another thing. This club, I can show it. It says Northwestern. Oh,
0: Northwestern—that's a that's a Chicago company.
1: Yes. Yeah. But this is my Tommy Bolt shaft. Oh, (laughs) yeah, but but it. Yeah, so I, I I discovered that was made there. You know, when we go back and that love old, old clubs, and they were the ones that sold them to like.
0: Well, that's where Wilson was headquartered, and still and,
1: and remember, they sold clubs to the average guy, like where we would think of now. Remember, you could only buy them pro shops, so they sold to the to the targets and, and whatever sure. at the time where you and I could, the regular guy could buy equipment, and it was yeah. it was really cool. Yeah.
0: That, you know, the grass on those golf courses up there, are just lush. Oh, well, now, you know,
1: what I, I remember is...
0: And that, grow grass.
1: Well, you know, and you know that. You've spent a lot of time up there, but I grew up there, and it's hard to describe to somebody who's native oh. to the South that oh, man. You, the, the greens, the tees, yeah. the fairways, there's no difference. You can putt on the fairways. All bent. You, take a, you take a divot, it's a tarp. I mean, <laughs> it love took
0: me—it
1: me, it took me 20 years to put it's sand the greatest in the the
0: greatest golf grass on earth up there, man. Yep. Oh gosh. The yeah. last point I
1: wanted to make. Yeah, baby. Settle out was pizza. So when you pizza? Think of, yeah, man. When, Chicago you think pizza. Of, when you think of pizza, you think of Chicago. Deep dish pizza. It, yeah. It, <laughs> but, but I'll tell you a funny story. So my son-in-law is from a place called Libertyville, which is north okay. of Chicago. Sure. And so he's a big, big pizza guy. And yeah. I actually spent a little bit of schooling there. But that being said, there, there, are, there are all sorts of great pizza places. There is called Uno Due's, Gino's East. Oh, oh my uh, gosh. And, yeah. you know, now they're, they're more than you can name. But he yeah. told me, and I have had this with him, put this name and remember it. It's called Lou Malinati's. Okay. And they're famous. Sounds pizza very is like, Italian. Yeah, and it was actually a thin crust was what they're famous first for. No kidding. But they make that's a great deep. That's my wife's year. favorite. Yeah, when you go to Chicago, anybody
0: listening, yeah. go hey. to
1: Malinati's. This is an ad. We'll get them. We'll get yeah, them. Yeah, baby.
0: Send us some. Sign you up. I'm. Do I hear a doorbell? <laughs> yeah. Remember, an endorsement. Remember, subscribe, ring the bell, and
1: go to Malinati's. Yeah, that's, that's it, stuff. baby. Yeah. You can hey Doc. It. Hey Doc, have you got the quote of the day? So you'll like this from opera singer Beverly Sills, Sills, who was famous in the '60s and '70s for you young folks. No doubt about it. She says, and think about it. It's important this time we're going through right now. There are two ways of spreading light: to be the candle, or to be the mirror that reflects it. You ah. Know. You have to think about that. Do you want to be the candle, or do you want to be the mirror that reflects?
0: That's about, in, that's insightful.
1: Yeah, we could use a <laughs> few candle candlelight leadership kind of things.
0: But, hey, friends, think about it. Ticking hey. and button, same time, same channel. We release new episodes on Mondays. Right. Keep the cards and letters coming, and hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Hey, we thank you, and we'll see you again next week.
1: Next week, enjoy it, baby!